Hey y'all, hey y'all, what's up? It's Sports Freak University back here with another episode. The usual suspects. Got my boy Jake repping that UGA squad down south. We got my boy Vic representing the Pac-12 out west. We got my man Chris up in that northeast New York. Uh coaches, uh, he'll be here with us soon, you know. Um, you know, Auburn. Auburn uh, Tigers over there representing, and then you got myself, my Maryland guy, you know what I mean, uh, DMV, Mid-Atlantic, all of that, but I'm in the West Coast right now, so I hope you guys, a lot of you guys, uh, you know, watched the first episode, and uh, we got a lot of good feedback, and a lot of folks was telling us they really enjoyed the show, so we appreciate you, don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, if, you watch, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you uh, subscribe to the to the podcast because we appreciate it. Gives us the motivation to continue doing what we're doing today, y'all. Today for the for the fans out there that like the hogs, that like the trenches. This is your show. Uh, we have offensive tackles, top five offensive tackles for each of us. We'll break down our favorite guys and our top five and go over it, and you know, just kind of give you some insight on who should you your team be looking for. Uh, in the NFL draft coming up in April. Um, so, man, you know, how you guys feel today? How you guys feeling? Uh, ready for a good show? Yeah, let's do it. Coming off the heels of the, of the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to talk these these big uglies that we got we got on deck right now. Yes, sir. You ready, you Vic? Want... Yeah, man, let's go. <laughs> Vic, is a, Vic is a man of few words. <laughs> get it so, all right i'm i'm gonna share this so everybody can see these uh graphics of the players and then we'll break them down okay all right let's go let's get it excited man i've been watching this film ready to share it with you guys all right so we got sports freak podcast office of position rankings we on tackles like we said uh you know some senior bowl updates <laughs> You know, um, talk about who was uh, who was my favorite guys, you know, that I watched at the Senior Bowl that I liked. And then, you know, some concerns about certain players. Um, you know, I can't wait to tell you. To, I, I think everyone knows when you see my list, you'll, you'll be able to know exactly who my guy is um, that I'm high on and my guy that I'm kind of concerned about. But, you know, we'll see. It's still early in the process. So, All right, so we're going to skip off. past the first one. Yeah, let's start off with Vic. Pac-12, offensive line. Go ahead, break down your guys, uh, Vic. Uh, definitely, man. So I know we got everybody's going to talk about Charles Cross uh, and Neil and all of them and Penny, but I'm going to keep it in my in my route. So you got I got Sean Wayne, Abraham Lucas, uh, Bam Osanani, Braxton Jones, and, you know, Iquano. So – to me, uh, we didn't see a lot of stuff from these guys um, in the East and West Shrine game and the Senior Bowl. But uh, my man, um, I'm going to talk about one and two first. So my first guy, I'll talk about Sean Wayne. I'm really big on this guy, though. He was heavy recruited coming out to UCLA. Uh, I think he has one of the best feet and probably one of the best uh, r- run tackles in this draft. Uh 2001, man, the Bruins would just kept running the ball uh, over 200 yards per game. He, you know, he only gave up three sacks, three quarterback hits, nine Harrys, and he played over 100 snaps, uh, 800 snaps uh, this year. Uh, he can play left tackle, right tackle. Uh, you know, sometimes he, he was getting beat. That's one of my concerns. If you look at the LSU game, we and Jacob watched that game. He was getting beat a couple times, you know, that swim move was kind of hurting him. But he has potential, though. Uh, he, he he didn't play at the Senior Bowl or the Eastern Wenshine game, but hopefully, his name comes uh comes upon in the in the NFL Combine. Uh, and my second guy from for me personally, I like I like Bam Osanani from from Utah, man. This cat is from London, 6'8", 350. He played really? in Wenshine game. Do, he was just dominated. He's probably one of the best tackles in the Eastern Wenshine game. If we didn't see Jackson Kirkland because he has an ankle injury. But, you know, with Bam, he, he played great, man. If you look at the game versus Oregon versus Kevion, one thing about Kevion from Oregon, all these cats played against him, and they played great against him. Lucas, uh, Sean Wayne, they played against that Oregon, and Kevion was having issues with all these cats. So uh, with Bam, back to him, he's from London. 
he's like I say, he has a massive thing, just a competition, right? Um, you know, he 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 didn't really he was le playing left tackle, right tackle. He has a big frame, six eight, but he can't. His issue was just anchoring people, you know, uh, you know the swim move. But he played great at the East and West again, like I mentioned. So just look look out for him though. Look out for that cat in. Um, that's for me. That for my end. You know, Abraham Lucas. Yeah, some issues. Uh, struggle. Struggle this weekend, and but he played a great game. So, but to me, he's gonna be my third guy. Uh, but yeah, that's that's. Hey, so, so let me ask you about Sean Ryan. Is in the NFL, uh, what would you you would you project him as a left tackle or as a right tackle? I think he can. I to me, he can play left tackle, but I see him more as a right tackle. Okay. But he, if he's somebody like a like a team that wants to go heavy run. Left tackle for him. So he, he has – my thing is he was limited on that uh, uh, pass protection this season. And, you know, you know that's uh, – maybe that's coaching staff with uh, Kelly out there. You know, he, he had DTR. He was a running quarterback. And and, and but he was, was versatile. Uh, like, you know, but, you know, I, I see him maybe, you know, first uh, – second round, maybe first. I don't know. It just like anything can happen, you know, combine and all this. So – I'm big on this cat, though. I really am. He's he 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 has the potential to play the next uh next the game at the next level. You know, I'm I'm, I'm interested in him because you know Chip Chip Kelly is kind of hard on offensive linemen, man. You know, with that up tempo, up tempo, you, know, you, you got to give the big the big guys a you know chance to catch the breath and you know get them get them their feet under uh, underneath of them. And uh, I think sometimes you even heard it when he was in the NFL, the offensive linemen didn't really they didn't really enjoy playing for him because. You know, it was too much up tempo. You know, it's like moving way too fast. Those guys need to be able to, you know, catch their breath between plays. So maybe if he goes into another system, maybe a zone system like a Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, um, that might be a good system for him. Where he, you know he, he's allowed to pull, and a lot of stuff is dictated. Um, where they're dictating to the defense on what they're doing without so much up tempo. The um, the thing I want to mention about him though, in in the limited sample size I have. He looks like an ideal fit for a zone running scheme, but he doesn't play like it. Mm. So, like, uh, areas where he struggled were in space. So, like, mm. if they were asking him to pull in the run game or if it was an outside zone concept and he's really moving, he struggled to actually find his guy. And I think Victor can um, second that. It was really weird because, like, in pass protection, you see a mobile guy that can mirror well. Um, but when it came to the run game, it, it didn't seem like his traits matched up with how he was playing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We saw that versus LSU game. Um, so like I said, it's, I don't know. Um, I'm big on this cat, but like I said, if you look at the, if you look at the Oregon game, it was a different situation, right? He was good at pass play, but the running was still not there. So I'm big on him. Uh, like I said, we'll see how he goes. Um, uh, maybe. He'll be the first offensive tackle taken from the pack. Uh, that's what I believe. So we'll we'll we'll, go, we'll see where we go from here. Before we move from your slide, Vic, I just want to. Abraham Lucas struggled a lot in uh, uh, senior bowl practice. Um, why do you think, if, after watching his film, why do you think he's struggling so much um, to really establish himself in in this uh, pre-draft process? I don't know. You know, he has the big frame. He has a frame, but he doesn't use it enough. Uh, you know, he's what is he? Six. He's six, seven, mm -hmm. three thirty two. You know, he played versus good schools at the pack. You know, I don't know. He was, you know, some of the stuff that I watched from him, you know, he he, he had the, he has experience in the running game. He mm -hmm. played air raid offense at Washington versus, you know, so. I don't know. Maybe it was just a bad week for him or something. But like I said, senior bowl is not something to play around with, man. That's where a lot of players like this weekend that will, you know, we'll talk about they fall. made a lot of they're going to make a lot of money, man. And Lucas, mm -hmm. you know, was was one of my high picks out there. But I had to kind of bring him down after after that performance. Yeah, it's concerning. But I will say, you know, he's a guy that I think could probably benefit from NFL coaching. Um, we just know it's just a different level, you know, NFL coaching. Uh, we've seen guys who were kind of average and maybe in college and then they get to the NFL and they become elite because of coaching. Coaching can make a difference. Um, for him, it's good that now the NFL is kind of starting to embrace a lot of the uh, college style offenses. We see the air raid system basically in Arizona. Um, that is a place that he they may value him more 
than other team than other teams because he played in a similar system in college. So there is some light at the end of the tunnel for Abraham Lucas. He still has his pro day in the combine to try to make up for uh, a subpar uh, senior bowl performance. Um, but yeah, y'all. So anybody who likes the Pac-12, any of these guys stand out for, to you? Now you got some names to go and look up and uh, research on, on uh, some guys that you might that might end up on your team. So you go to the next one. Next list, I think we have Chris. Chris got a lot of my guys on his on his list. Um, Chris, break down your guys and tell me, uh, give us a guy that that really um, that maybe not a lot of people are talking about at this moment, but really stands out to you. Uh, so I'm gonna start off. Uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna list my guys first. Okay, and then I say so. At five, um, I got Trevor Penning. At five, uh, four, I got uh, Bernard Raymond. Uh, three, I got Evan Neal. Mm -hmm. Two, I got uh, Icky Quano. And at one, I got Charles Cross. Um, yeah, Cross I at think, one, huh? Yeah, I got Cross at one. Um, I, I like the tools that he has. Um, I think he's by far the best pass protector in this class. Um, obviously, he has to get a little stronger in the run game, but there's – there's a lot there when in the like this the limited opportunities that he has to to run block, you see a lot of good as far as leg drive, as far as leverage is concerned, and, and the angles that he takes. Um, I think there there's something there to work with. It's just the Mike Leach system that he's in that didn't do him any favors as far as developing as a run blocker. But I think at the next level, he could really take it to to the next level. And as a pass blocker, he's he's there already. Like he's very polished, very clean with what he does. Insane grip strength. Once he gets his hands inside the defender's chest plate, it's you know it's a wrap. Mm. Uh, good athletically. Um, he has to get a little bit stronger, but he's still he's one of the youngest tackles in this class. So you know the the more that he's in a strength and conditioning program, the more his body matures. That strength it, it'll improve because we've seen it happen with other uh, tackles as they come into the league. Colton Miller being one of the, the latest ones where he was light in the pants and now he's one of the best tackles in the league as he's been able to really develop that strength and, and pair it with the, the physical ability that he has. Um, I'm going to jump to my, my other guy, uh, Bernard Raymond uh, at four. Uh, he came into the senior bowl with shorter arms than, than expected. He had 33-inch arms. Um, but when I watch him on film, that, that doesn't really show up for me. I, I don't really have any concerns with, with his arm length on, on film. Uh, he's a guy that he's a natural athlete. He used to play tight end just in 2019. He was still playing tight end. And now he's ballooned up to 300 plus pounds and playing tackle. Um, what I like the most about him is his core strength. His core strength is ridiculous. And you can see it sometimes where he's caught off balance and he's able to recover. And to me, that's one of the most important things for offensive linemen is when you lose initially, how do you recover from that? And his ability to recover is some of the best that I've seen in this class. And I think that's so important going to the next level because you're going to get beat. Like we saw Alejandro Villanueva get beat and not be able to recover. Right. And that's, just, that's something that you, I mean, you could probably improve on it a little bit, but I think that that's something that it, it, it can't really be improved that much. And he has it naturally. So that's something that I really, really like in the in offensive linemen. And that's that's the reason why I actually have him above Trevor Penning, because Trevor Penning, he has the physical gifts. He has the nastiness, the tenacity. He has all of that. But his ability to recover once he's beat is very, very iffy for me. And I wish it wasn't because I, I, I like him so much. Like, how can you not like the dude? You know, you watch him and you're like, damn, I want this dude on my team. But that ability to recover after he's beat, that's going to be tough for him at the next level because these guys are just going to get better and better and better. You know, he's going to be facing the Von Millers of the world, the TJ Watts of the world. And if he's struggling to redirect and recover once he's beat against guys that went to Iowa State, it, it, that, that's a that's a huge issue for me. 
So uh, that's the reason why I have Raymond above above Trevor Penning. But it's been shifting. Like, is you know, it's one week is Trevor Penning, the next week is Raymond. So it's it's always shifting with those two. Like it's a constant battle. So maybe next week it will be Trevor Penning above him. I don't know. He he was solid uh, at the Senior Bowl. He showed a lot of versatility all week. Um, he was uh, he was um, they had him playing center at one point. He was playing guard at another point. He was playing tackle. I think they even had him at left tackle in the game. Who's um, that? Uh, Bernard uh, Roman. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, he was at left tackle. He was uh, him and uh, Abraham Lucas. They were just. There was one series where they were just taking souls in the run game and yeah, just yeah. devastating dudes. And to go back to Abraham Lucas, like Vic, he really made up for a bad week with a, a pretty good, solid game. He, he, you know, Lucas was pretty good in the game. Um, but again, I, I mentioned that I think last week where some players are just not practice players. You know, if you get them in the game, they're just different, you know, and sometimes they just it just doesn't come through in practice. But Bernard Raymond showed his versatility. And in today's NFL, where teams are only carrying five to six, I mean, not, you know, about six to seven offensive linemen, that versatility uh, is so important because it allows you to fill other positions on your roster. But, you know, when you got a guy that can play multiple positions. So a guy like Bernard Raymond um, is is a solid guy who is, I, I believe, by April, he'll be just shooting up boards. Um, uh, Chris, do you think he can end up in the first round? I think so. Um, but uh, it's so it's it's a talent thing versus uh, what the NFL historically does. So he has 30 inch arms, right? Mm-hmm. So we know a lot of team NFL teams are not going to like that. So that already scratches him off a, a bunch of teams as far as a first round pick is concerned. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with um, like Roger McCrary, for example. Mm-hmm. I think Roger McCrary is a first round talent, but I'm not too sure if he'll be picked in the first round now because he has shorter arms. So I think Raymond and McCrary, I think they're first round talents, but I'm not sure if NFL teams will pick them in the first round because of, though the the lack of length that they have okay cool cool uh jake you want to add anything to uh chris's list uh i'll kind of hit on it with my list here okay um i think everything chris said was uh was really good we have the same players um except for one i have Kenyon green in my list he is number four for me so at the top of the list is uh ikwanu akim ikwanu is just the favorite guy I've watched so far. Uh, I am going to have a consistent theme, though, with my rankings. Um, for me, the Ravens are adding a player that can, you know, play both sides. That's great. I, I think Green might be, um, you know, lower on the list if I'm really considering his left tackle ability. But um, I want somebody that is a mauler in the run game and somebody that is just, like, dominant. So, uh, that's why Aquanu is higher for me than Cross. I think Cross is the best pass protector in the class. I don't really think there's much debate about that. Um, but I just loved the way Aquanu played. He had very little weakness in his game. Um, really just a dominant player, a complete um, mauler. He's like a pancake machine out there. Um, I I can't really say enough good things. I think he, um, he keeps a wide – uh, very well I think he anchors well he moves extremely well for his size uh, I, I think he's pretty nimble um, surprisingly at, at tackle so um, I, I really think he's he's probably scheme versatile uh, it doesn't matter if you're playing um, more zone or, or more um, uh, gap power stuff I think he can do it all to be honest with you so He's number one for me. Uh, I don't really need to touch on Neil. I, I'm going to let uh, one of you other guys touch on him. Um, but I'll, I'll go over to Kenyon Green because that's the obvious difference. Um, most people in scouting communities, most fans think this guy is a guard at the end. And while I don't disagree that he could play guard very well, I, I think in Baltimore he could play right tackle um, perfectly fine. I think he fits into the um, Orlando Brown spot that we were lacking this past year. And he, he brings that nasty in the run game. 
Um, he, ha- he actually is a, is a good pass protector. I just think he would struggle a little bit at left tackle. Uh, he, he, comes, he comes to the league from A&M after playing all f- four spots. The only spot he didn't play was center. Um, so he's versatile. The Ravens would love that. And I think you're getting a pretty complete player um, that you take him early in the fourth, I mean, in the first round, say Cross, Neal, and Aquanu are gone. I would be happy taking green and you plug him in at right tackle. If things aren't working out for whatever reason, I think you slide him over to left guard. In my opinion, he, he wins that competition um, pretty much without uh, much of a battle there. And um, you still try to get the best five out there. Uh, personally, green can play right tackle in Baltimore uh, with some ease, especially with, Greg Roman still being in Baltimore and the run scheme that they tend to do, it helps out the tackles t- tremendously. So uh, any, anything that, you know, might, might make that a hindrance for some people, I think is alleviated by, by the Ravens run scheme. What, what's his better position you think in the NFL? Is it guard or is it tackle? I, I think it's probably guard. Um, but for a player this talented that can play tackle, uh, I think the better philosophy is to play them at tackle, let them fail into guard. Um, so, and it could be a quick fail if, if it really didn't work out, but um, tackle is a more premium position. And I think if he fails there, you're still getting a premium guard, which is, which is just great. So uh, whereas cross is a good pass protector. And I think he's growing in the run game. Like Chris mentioned, I also saw good things from cross in the run game. Uh, even, even on his tape, he had some, some down plays, but um, you know, for me, I like the idea of green after you lose uh, those top three guys uh, for me, he, he slots right in there. And then I have Trevor Penning uh, number five, but I haven't really gotten into Bernard Raymond yet. I'm, I'm behind um on some of those other guys would you uh would you would you do you so you obviously you have Kenyon green slotted over penning so you would take him over over penning yes cool cool anybody want to add anything to jake's list Uh, pretty pretty good list man i mean like honestly as a ravens fan you know which we all are (laughs) um Sorry, secret blown. Um, <laughs> uh, I would take any of these guys in the first round and would be perfectly fine with it. I, if, if any one of these guys' names got called on, you know, on that first night of the draft, I just I wouldn't be upset at all. I would be able to go to sleep, night, you know, peacefully knowing that we got nine more, or nine or ten more picks left, and we already got that major need already out the way because any of these guys will fit a need. Um, uh, some of these guys are more left, are more right tackle than left tackle, but you know, mm-hmm. these these this is a solid list, man. S- solid list. Um, so we then we go to the next one, which is I believe is my my slide. Uh, so pretty much very similar to to Chris's and Jake's list. Um, I got now. Let's just start from five on up. Uh, number five, my top five. Number five would be Daniel Falele. Um, uh, number four, uh, for me, number, number four would be, um, Trevor Penning. Um, number three would be Evan Neal. Number two would be Charles Cross. And number one would be Icky Ikwani. Uh, Icky is just, I mean, you guys already said it, but like this guy is just, he, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. Ever watching his film. I mean, he is just, he does everything well. I mean, he's hes an outstanding pass protector, pass blocker. He's nasty in the run game. He has the right temperament you want from a, fan, a franchise left tackle. I mean, if you can slide this guy on the right side, on the other side of Stanley, when we cross our fingers and hoping Stanley is healthy, I mean, you, you, you're back to having uh, a top, top five tackle tandem in the NFL, entire NFL. And I mean, you, you just put... You put the right guards between these two guys, and I mean, you, you might have the best offensive line in football. I mean, that's how good of a prospect this kid is. Uh, but the guy I want to talk to, actually, I want to talk about two guys. I want to talk about Daniel Falele, Trevor Penny. Two guys I saw at the Senior Bowl, 
two guys who, to me, after the Senior Bowl, are kind of like hitting in opposite directions. Before the Senior Bowl, Daniel Falele was like this. He was shooting up. Everybody on Twitter was talking about him. Everybody in football was talking about him, period. The guy has an unbelievable uh, physical you know, uh, strengths, right? Like he's just, what, 6'8", almost 400 pounds. I mean, the guy is 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 a is a monster of a man uh but he struggled a little bit at the senior bowl um mainly particularly in, in pass protection um he he had a couple of bad rap uh reps there uh well trevor penning showed that nastiness that you saw on tape right i wondered seeing a lot of the nastiness on tape i wonder was like was that like a uh you know um a level of competition thing where he was, you know, playing against guys who, who will probably be car sa- car salesmen after college. Um, so I was just like, eh, you know, but when I saw him doing the same exact thing against first round quality pass rushers and just throwing these guys to the ground and throwing them to the side like they nothing. And, and he's nasty in the run game. And I'm just like, man, this guy is unbelievable. And he has the temperament that, that you really want. Uh, in Baltimore, we, we have a saying is play like a Raven. And Trevor Penning, he, he exemplifies play like a Raven. I mean, he's nasty. You could put him at guard. You could put him at tackle. And I think he would just he would just be one of your best offensive linemen on the field. Um, reason why I said I mentioned guard is because of his physical ability um, and his size. He, he would fit well inside. Um, but he also uh, played really well in the game outside. Um, so for me, to those two guys are are um, uh, you know particular focus for me. You know, Falele was it was kind of disappointing. Uh, he is nasty in the run game, and he did show uh, really good uh, ability to move for a guy his size, especially when they when they're pulling the tackles and the guards. He he shows something in the run game, but he he really left uh, much to be desired in the past game. But one thing we've all mentioned about Falele is that he's raw. He's young to the to the position. He's young to to football in general, and uh, I just think with the right coach and this guy will still be a quality offensive line alignment in the NFL. Um, so I mean, man, I'm I'm excited about these guys. Trevor Penning to me is just shooting up. I think he can be. Uh, I think he'll definitely be a first round pick, and I think he can reach that number three offensive line overall for me uh, going forward. All right, we can move over to uh, coaches list here. Um, the graphic is going to have some issues with it. Coach, do you want to look at one of these other graphics instead? Or do you, do you just want to go to that first one? Welcome, Coach. What's up? What up? Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, okay, so they no copied that other one. That's fine. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, basically I have the same thing. The only thing is I didn't put the obvious uh, uh, Akeem on there. Uh, because obviously I know you guys are going going to hammer that home. I was just trying to give our audience a, a different perspective, one one additional guy to look at. Um, so uh, with my five, I don't, I, I, it's hard to put these guys in uh, in order outside of Evan Neal. I think Evan Neal's like the the clear favorite for 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 most of us, uh, basically being one or two, um, and and that's why I was when I when I made my list. Um, the the next guy in line was Charles Cross, and I basically talked a little bit about their strengths and weaknesses. But uh, just give you my order. Uh, the next guy, um, Trevor Penning, has to be my third guy, just because of he matched the kind of you kind of had the awe factor when you seen him at Northern Iowa. And Northern Iowa, like uh, like I was talking to Jake a couple of times, um, they they're come, slowly becoming a pipeline to the NFL for offensive linemen. Um, and, and I think Trevor Penny is going to pick up where that uh, that that uh, particular uh, pipeline left off, and I, and I just really really like what he's able to do, particularly when people try and bull rush him, because that way he don't have to chase him. So if he doesn't have to chase him, he can kind of impose his will on him. Now uh, there are some concerns uh, for him. The smaller type of quicker type of uh, defenders, they can kind of get under his pad level because he's typically kind of high. He's six seven, so he's going to naturally be high anyway. Uh, so with that being said, that that's a concern. Uh, but that that's something that you can coach up. You can coach that up to say, hey, look, uh, you know, you want to basically keep your pad level 
uh, low as you can possibly keep it until initial contact, point of uh, contact. And then once you got that point of contact, now you, you attack through uh, the defender and so forth. Uh, the one thing that I, uh, I really love about him is his ability to kick slide. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it at the, the senior bowl, uh, but that is, is underrated for, for me. Uh, it's a thing of beauty, especially because of what Matt was saying. Basically, he's playing against, you know, some of these guys could probably uh, be used car salesmen. So for him to develop that and, and be able to use it, I think that's a plus because that's one less thing I got to teach him uh, at the next level. Um, the other thing that's good with him is that he has loose hips, so he's able to reset faster than the typical lineman. And that's why I would love to, for him to be at tackle because he's able to reset quicker. Because if you guys notice, you know, that's where we struggle at, uh, particularly on the right side of our line. Thanks thanks a lot, Alejandro Villanueva. Uh, but uh, if if we got that guy, Trevor Penning, I, I think a lot of our problems would, would be handled just by, by having him. Uh, the, the number four guy um, was uh, King and Green. And then my, my last guy, it would be uh, uh, Kennard, Darian Kennard from Kentucky. Um, so with Darian Kennard, uh, he's 6'5", 324. Um, what I like about him, he's a mauler. He has a high IQ. And he kind of, if we were to re-sign Bradley Bozeman, he's kind of, he'll take on that same mantra. Uh, or what Bradley Bozeman has, because he kind of has it in him already, but he kind of said, hey, I'm going to feed off other people's energy. Uh, and this would kind of be like a, a complete package. So if we don't get one of the premier guys right off the rip, because uh, we may go defense with our first pick, uh, he's a kind of, hey, let's, let's, let's double back. So now we can turn around and get some kind of middle of the pack type of uh, uh, offensive tackle. Um, the other thing about him is, he has great lateral movement. So, so with that being said, that's a, for me, that's underrated when it comes down to people trying to speed rush you. I can basically get in, in front of you. Then once he's able to, to get in front of you, his thing is if he latches on to you, you're not going nowhere. You're not going nowhere. He's pretty much going to stop you from making a play. Uh, he does have issues with speed guys, just like uh, Penny. Um, that's most of, that's outside of the top three guys. That's most of these guys that we, we're looking at going to have trouble gauging some of the speed that comes off the edge. Mm -hmm. um, for the pass pro, uh, he, he needs a little bit of work. But like, like I said, some of these guys are going to need a little bit of coaching up when it comes down to the, what kind of offense they're going to be in and how they're going to uh, teach them how to pass block, uh, pass block for them based off the system. The, the one downside that I don't like is his hand movement. It's, it's kind of average. It's, it's like he has to get his hands on you. He's not going to manipulate you to get to you a certain spot to where I can outsmart you uh, for, uh, for, say, with the hand movement. Now, once he gets, once you get there, though, he is definitely going to be a statue when it comes down to, hey, you're not, you're not going to move him around uh, too tough. All right. Uh, for my number three, King and Green. Uh, King and Green, you guys talked about him a little bit. I'm not going to talk too much about him. Um, I really, really, really like uh, the fact that he has a quick uh, first step. He is probably, out of the five guys that I'm talking about, he probably absorbs the bull rush or negates the bull rush the best out of all the guys. To the point to where I was really, really uh, excited that he wasn't getting any kind of mention um, to, to where now, hey, he's kind of going to be, if we don't get a Trevor Penny, we don't get a, a, a Charles Cross or Evan Neal or whatnot, I would be 100% happy with, with the King and Green because um, that bull rush piece, and the, the explosive quick stuff, those things are going to help when it comes down to it. That's, that's something I don't have to teach. That's something I don't have to coach a dog. I don't have to coach him to be a dog. He basically going to come out and do it himself. Um, the one thing that I, I, I don't like about him, though, is he kind of try and, and outpower people, I guess, because he think he he's a little bit shorter than the the, uh, the average offensive lineman that we're talking about. So he figures like, hey, I, I have the leverage. I don't have to run my feet. Uh, I would like for him to once he gets that initial contact, start to run his feet a lot more to drive defenders away or even uh, to the ground. Um, moving along uh, to Charles Cross uh, from Mississippi State, six five three ten. Um, a little bit on the lighter side for me, uh, for, for a tackle or, or a guard or whatnot. Um, but he recovers very well. His hands placement is, is very great. Foot speed is good. 
uh, run blocking, he's just straight mauler. Um, arm length, dude, 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 dude can reach you almost, you know, from tackle to tackle. He has his wingspan is crazy. Uh, so for me, uh, that that's one of the things that's kind of underrated too, because he can kind of uh, uh, when when people uh, do try and bend around him, he can kind of just wash them down. Because hey, guess what? I, I got that length to do so. Um, and then the last one is uh, Evan Neal, uh, six seven, three fifty. My concern, my initial concern for him is the fact that he was teetering uh, three ninety at some point playing uh, at Alabama. I know if he gets anywhere close to that, it's going to be it's going to be an issue. And, and I'm not saying that hey, he can't play at that type of weight, but it's just to the point to where. The average NFL pass rusher is just going to blow by you most of the time. It's it just asking a lot for him to do. Now, now it's great that you're a mountain of a guy, but you got to be able to move as well. Um, now, the, the, the good part about it, even with that weight, 390, he still was around the same body fat percentage as an average NFL player, which is around 22, 23%, which is, which is crazy to even think about that. You got a guy at 390 pounds with, with 22% body fat. But wow. um, it, it is what it is. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about with him is uh, his, his pad level in the run. So for, for some odd reason, him being that big and him, him being that, that aggressive, uh, having that much strength, his pad level is kind of high. And, and, and like I said, going against the smaller guys, they'll just run underneath him. And even if they don't make the tackle, they can disrupt the plays. Uh, mostly, or you would run away from. Them. So, mm. so, so I'm, I heard you mention um, pinning. Um, would you would you take pinning over Kenyon Green? I think I asked Jake the same thing, but um, uh, would I take Penny over Kenyon Green? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yes, um, I, I would. Um, in in the reason it's man. The reason for it, the reason for it is because the, the stuff that's correctable for Penny is, is not going to hinder him. Pad level, that that's that's a you know, that's a muscle memory type of deal. Hey, bro, this is what it should feel like when you go to engage people. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to to uh, you not knowing how to do it, I, I basically got training camp to try and teach you that. And if you don't get it now, you become a liability. So, so I, I would have to go with Penny. Uh, it's not a not a a gaping hole uh, there, but I would have to go with Penny. Mm. I, I think a, a big point there is the situation with Ronnie Stanley. Like, come draft time, we may or may not know more about that. And and even if we do, uh, say Ronnie's looking good, uh, everything's going to be a full go, the Ravens still might be cautious, and, and they might go with a prospect that – uh, maybe isn't you know quite as dominant in the run game, but they think, hey, this guy is going to be a better pass protector over the course of his career, and and we think that he's going to be a better left tackle, um, just because they know they need that insurance. And in that case, I would agree that that Penning makes more sense than Kenyon Green. But if if the health is not a big concern, um, and you're looking for a right tackle. Um, slash dominant guard i i prefer green to penning so i mean it, it kind of comes down to that like charles cross is number one if you're going hey we're not we're probably not going to get stanley again but cross is a little bit lower for me if stanley's uh status is optimistic so i, I think the the rankings can totally change based on on what you're thinking um you know, in, in kind of the plan that you have for the off season. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I love Aquanu. He's like my favorite tackle right now, but if Stanley is a no-go, I'm going to have cross higher than him. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but, but if like, just take, if you just took the Ravens out of it, right. Just need and all of that and Stanley and everything, who, who would you have as the, the higher rated uh, prospect? I mean, I, I think rank, rankings are so subjective. So, like, what well, who I, do you think is the better player? I guess what I like, what I like to see, like what I what I enjoy, I have I have a Quanu higher. Um, if if you're just talking about pass protect here, like who, who's going to be better in that area? I have Cross higher. 
okay. than those than between those players. And my my rankings could change based on that. So like, I'm kind of leaning more more heavy right tackle perspective than than left tackle. Okay. Hey. Uh, so Chris, um, which which player concerns you uh, going into this? into this process and going into the draft or, you know, so far this person, this player uh, is, is starting to give you a little bit more concerns than you maybe previously thought. Um, I'll probably go with, um, hmm. I would probably say Penny. Um, Ooh. Ooh. He, because like he had those highlights of where he was finishing guys after the play and stuff at the senior bowl, mm-hmm. but a, there were a lot of times where he was he was having a hard time redirecting after he got beat, and that is very very concerning for me. Um, you know, he's a guy like like all of you guys said. You know, I, I love watching him, and I love the the intensity that he brings. But all that is fine, but. It's just that getting beat in the NFL, that's going to happen to every tackle. Everyone. <laughs> every tackle is going to get beat. What makes Ronnie Stanley so good is that when he's beat, he's able to recover after that. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the most glaring hole right now for Trevor Penning is his ability to, to recover after he's beat. We see him a lot, a lot of times where he'll just – he'll get beat on the outside and he'll just latch on to a dude and he'll get that penalty. And we've actually seen it with him because he's one of the most penalized tackles in the game, like in college football. And is, is that just going to be fixed at the NFL level? I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not saying that he's, he's a guy that is like, no, he's not a first rounder. He's a first rounder all day. Mm-hmm. But my concern is taking him that high at 14 and having the, that glaring, uh, that glaring concern with him when it comes to to his ability to to recover, he he did struggle against uh, uh, Boy Mafe in one on one drills. So we like you know it's guys like that like like you mentioned those quick twitch guys those those fast guys. <clears throat> yeah, um, those are the guys that he he um I think he he may struggle with early, but. Going back to you, what you feel like is his weaknesses, do you think that's coachable? Do you think it's something that with NFL coaching he could get better at? Um, I mean, it, it comes down to like a a core core thing, like your core strength, um, your hip mobility, because when you're going one way, because he's a great athlete, like you could you could see clearly he's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, when he's knocked back or the players going in a direction that he doesn't anticipate he has a hard time redirecting and shifting his weight mm-hmm. so that i'm not sure if you can correct that in any way i don't, I don't know um i know he's been working with duke Manyweather uh to try to correct those issues but um i, I don't want to say no you can't correct it but i think it's probably one of the most difficult things that we see uh, as far as tackles when they, when they go to the next level and they, they like, if you see a tackle have those issues in college, we, we don't see it really be corrected all the way at the next level. Sometimes it's magnified at the next level because you're going up against savvier rushes. You're going up against stronger and faster guys. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to just write it off and be like, no, he can't. Because, you know, I, I, I do believe in him as a player, as a prospect. It's just that's just one of the, the main concerns that I have. Uh, Vic, give me a, a sleeper, someone that, that uh, no one's talking about right now, or maybe just after this weekend people are starting to talk about this, this guy. Uh, give me a sleeper right now, someone that it may not even be on your list. I, I just say the kid from Utah, Bamo, um, you know, Bamo um, Ocelani, Man, he's six eight. You know, you know something about foreign people, um, players. 
Paul Alexander is big on going up there, doing his Europe tours, going to London. You know, Paul Alexander is a line, used to be a linebacker, uh, offensive tackle coach in the league. So he's he's high on players coming overseas, and he had him in his list. So he's a sleeper, 6'8", 350. Uh, he played great, played great at the East and West round game. I haven't. Uh, I only watched like two games. I watched that uh, versus uh, Oregon, and I watched his bowl game. So he's a sleeper, man, 6'8". From a different country coming in here, and he's been playing left tackle for Utah. And Utah had a great season this year, so that's one of my sleepers, man. Jake, give me your sleeper. Who's some? Who, who's who's a guy who uh, who may have just gotten on your radar after the uh, the Senior Bowl and the the Shrine Bowl? It's I don't really have a lot of sleepers. Um, there are some guys I need to go watch uh, because I wasn't super deep into the tackles. Chris mentioned him already. Bernard uh, Raman slash Raymond, however you want to pronounce his last name. Mm-hmm. Not a sleeper whatsoever, but I, but I really want to get some, uh, some looks at his college tape. And then another guy that Victor mentioned, and I saw a small sample size of, this is going to be more of a probably day three, maybe like fourth round prospect. Um, Sean, Sean Ryan, Sean Rain, however, or, Wayne, however you want to pronounce his name, um, from UCLA. So he's he's going to be more of a sleeper that that Victor actually had in his his five guys. You know, it's a guy that, that really kind of stood out to me over the weekend that he was not on my radar at all before the weekend. And that's a guy, uh, Cole Strange. Mm. I mean, that guy was he just was he just kept showing up. He, he you know he just kept showing up. Uh, solid in the pass blocking, uh, just as just as good in, in run blocking, and showing position versatility. Uh, he's a guy I just you know UT Chattanooga. I had you know never even heard of him. Just being honest, <laughs> you know. And uh, this guy just he showed up and showed out. And uh, he's a guy I believe made himself some money this weekend. He definitely made himself some uh, some money this weekend. He he to me he he's now. Um, t- to me, I think he'd be a day two pick. Uh, what's the uh, what's the offensive tackle on the other side of of Ramen? Oh, um, Luke Gadecki. Yeah, Luke Gadecki. Yeah. Yes, that, that would that would be another guy that I would mention. Okay, what about you, Coach? Who, who who's a guy that's uh, that's kind of shooting up your board um, that that a lot of people weren't talking about? Um, if I Spencer Buford or uh, Burford. Would, would be one of my guys. I always had concerns about him because he lighter. He was 290, 297 coming in. I don't know what he weighs exactly right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, he didn't waver. Uh, you know, he, he's still right there, still right there um, coming from uh, UTSA. Uh, so I think he, for me, he would be a steal based off of where you would get him. Now, do, do I think you should take him second or third round? Absolutely not. I'm not saying saying that, uh, but what I will tell you is uh, if you had to go take him, uh, you know, the early third, maybe late second, he still would give you some kind of value. It's, it's not a total just leap of faith type of deal. Um, the, the other thing is I think the style of offense they ran is is the reason why he doesn't have the looks that you want him to have. Because clearly this weekend he held his own in, in every particular drill. Was he a standout? No, but he's definitely serviceable. So I, I definitely w- would look at him as probably a, sli- a sleeper uh, when it comes down to the tackle position. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. I have to, um, man. It's, it's just so many guys. I want to. I want to let you guys know, though. I'm gonna let everybody out there know right now. Um, there's a group of guys who who are really didn't benefit from this past weekend, who uh, I think took a big hit. And that's uh, NFL free agent offensive linemen. Because this draft is so loaded with offensive linemen. We just mentioned mostly guys who either were playing in the Senior Bowl and, you know, played in the Shrine Bowl. But there's a whole list of underclassmen who didn't play in these games who are probably going to go higher than the guys that play this weekend. And that just means that the value on the free on the open market for some of these offensive linemen that'll hit free agency, that's probably coming down. Teams are going to 
probably lowball some of these guys, knowing that they can get a, you know another guy in the draft. They're gonna give them that, you know, they're gonna give them whatever they feel is fair in the offer. But I don't, I don't, I wouldn't expect a lot of money to be thrown around around at tackles or offensive linemen in general in free agency. It's just this draft is just loaded interior uh, offensive tackles. Guards, I mean, you can find whatever you want in this draft. You can probably find, you know, multiple. So I, I believe that that those guys really took a hit um, this this weekend because now teams knowing that there's O linemen in pretty much every round that you, you can get that'll come in in your program and and really help your team, especially in those first uh, those first two days. Those guys can come in and start. I mean, I, I think every guy we named tonight could start next year as rookies. You know, maybe a couple of them might need some work um, depending on the, the system they go in. Um, but, yeah, a lot of these guys could start, you know, year one. And, and, and honestly, the way the NFL works, they may, they may have to. Um, so is there, is there any guys, coach, that um, this, this kind of disappointing to you? Is, that, you know, maybe you lost some money this weekend. Um. I was I, based off where they played. I had a I had a lot riding on the likes of Rasheed Walker, Thayer Mumford, uh, and even Marquise Hayes um, from Oklahoma. I just I just thought those guys would live up to what their school do uh, mm-hmm. when it comes down to they they always had an element of a run game. So I was like, you know what? If nothing else, they're gonna be road graders. And they kind of just came out there like they didn't lay total eggs or nothing like that. But it was like. Ugh. Okay, we here. This is kind of like the check the box type of deal. My tape is already out there. It is what it is. I'm not caring too much about it. Uh, to, especially for me, uh, Hayes. Uh, I, I just thought he was going to be like, okay, uh, he'll he'll be the guy to move up. Right now, I think he is uh, not even in the top ten in his position. So, so with that being said, I just thought he was going to him and uh, the, the other guy. Uh, what's his name? Nicholas Petit Pierre. I just thought those two guys, for me, they were contending for probably being in the top five. I was looking at both of them was like, all right, I expect one of them at least to to climb up in the top five, and I just didn't see that. So, who lost some money for you, Jake? It's hard to say. Um... I think Daniel Falele was was up and down. A lot of people had him as, you know, a borderline first-round player. Mm-hmm. I, I still think that could be there because as practices went on, um, you can see the traits. He definitely has them. I think he's a guy that, that can learn relatively quickly. So there's always the chance that a team is going to take a risk on somebody of that size, that stature, um, that young in the position. So I say his stock is, you know, maybe a tiny bit lower than what it was coming into the week. But I also, I also saw like some positive, um, you know, some progression for him throughout. Uh, He clearly is good in the run game. So you're, you're getting a base level of strong run, run game, offensive lineman, which, you know, fits the right hand side, generally um, the strong side of, of an offense. So, uh, stock maybe a little bit down for me, but, um, you know, he's, he's one of the higher, uh, higher pedigree names on the list. So there's going to be other guys that, that have lower stock than Philele for sure. Absolutely. What about you, Chris? Who uh, lost money for you this weekend? Uh, I'm going to say, uh, Max Mitchell, uh, Ooh. from Louisiana. Uh, there were, you know, a lot of times where he was just beat over and over again. And it seemed like he was being beat with the same inside move, inside spin move. And for whatever reason, he just could not get it down. Um, I don't know if the moment was too big for him, if he was just trying to implement the new techniques that he was being taught over there. It's a lot. You know, they get thrown uh, a ton of stuff down there at the senior bowl. So it's like you're trying to learn all these new techniques that coaches are throwing at you. And then on top of that, you're going up against some of the best college players in the world, some of the top college players in the draft. And it's it could be a lot. And it, it kind of seemed like he was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a guy that he has the skill set. He has the ability. But um, I, I think the, the lights were a little bit too bright for him down there. And, and he struggled. 
a guy to me that that I saw a struggle, and some people liked him, but I, I just wasn't impressed. Was uh, Andrew Stuber from Michigan? He seemed to just get overpowered a lot. Like he struggled with the bull rush, you know, a lot. He he got overpowered a lot. I, I way too many times I seen him getting driven back to the quarterback, and I was just like, yeah, I've seen enough of that as a Ravens fan, you know, of guys getting. Get, you know, getting bench pressed and, and put in Lamar Jackson's lap. And I was like, nah, and he's a Michigan guy and I'm Harbaugh's. And I'm like, <laughs> he would definitely be a guy I could see us drafting later in the in the draft. And I'd just be like, no, 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 no. Uh, to me, Stubert, uh, he was a name that a lot of people were talking about. Um, they thought that he had a potential, you know, to really rise over the weekend. And to me, he did the opposite. Uh, he just didn't, you know, he just didn't look impressive. Um, obviously, you have to go back to the tape watch the tape, you know, because like uh, Chris just said, you know, they throw a lot of these guys. They want to see these guys think on their feet. They want to see these guys react to real life, um, you know, adversity. Hey, hey, you're you going to play guard. Hey, you're you going to play center. You're going to play tackle. Let me see what you do. You know what I'm saying? They want to see how they're going to respond because stuff like that happens in the NFL. If a guy goes down and, you, and maybe another guy goes down and you have to move uh, one guy over here and now you may have to step up in a position that you don't normally play. And they want to see what you can do and how you handle it. And as, as far as versatility as well, you know, um, you know, can you play multiple positions? To me, nowadays, the the new age offensive lineman can play two to three positions, uh, you know. And uh, to me, he was a guy who just kind of struggled for me. Uh, what say you, Vic? Uh, who was a guy you felt like lost some money this weekend? Uh, well, Jack, Jackson Kirkland from Washington. He, uh, he had to... He had to go back to college. He he had some injuries. Um, I was somebody I was high on coming in from the pack. Mm-hmm. He played, uh, left guard, right guard, right tackle, and then finished the season left tackle at Washington. But hopefully next year, you know, he, he was supposed to play at the East and West, uh, East and West Shrine game. But next year he'll be at the Senior Bowl because he'll, he'll be a senior. So, uh, you know, he lost the money. You know, it's tough for these cats, you know, being going in and losing money like that, and, and they have to go back to school. So. You know, you don't know if he's going to be there, but, you know, he lost some money, definitely. Mm. Well, you know, it's 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 a long offseason. Um, the draft process uh, it just started. And, um, you know, we got the combine, NFL combine coming up. We'll have pro days uh, throughout the coming months. And then, you know, the draft is in April. So a lot of these guys who whose stock may be down right now, they do have an opportunity to – to maybe rise their stock a little bit. But to me, when it comes to offensive linemen, this is their moment, right? Because you're it's the one-on-ones. You're not going to get those in at the combine. You know, you're not going to get that at a pro day. You're going to be hit pretty much hitting the bag, you know, um, and, and running, you know, you know, combine's more of just testing your athletic ability. But these these all-star games, senior bowl and stuff like that, is is perfectly made for the guys in the trenches to be able to separate themselves and show what they can really do. To me, the underwear Olympics is what they call the uh, combine. That's more for the skill position players to me. The 40-yard dash, you know, vertical, all of that stuff is for guys who play skill positions, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. This is where you make your money. And some guys made a lot of money this offseason, um, well, this, this past weekend, and some guys lost lost uh, lost out uh, on some money. So, um we got next week, we have, we're going to be doing linebackers. So for those of you who love defense, um, you know, we're going to get into some of these linebackers next week and talk about our favorite. I already could think of three guys right now off the back <laughs> that, uh, that really impressed me at the senior bowl. And, that, you know, that's not even including the, the top two dogs. So, um, you know, Jake, notice I said dog. <laughs> uh so that should be a fun that should be a fun show man um we're gonna do our pardon pardon uh our pardon shots uh we'll go around the room anybody have anything they want to you know throw out there um feel free go ahead jake we're gonna start with you sure yeah so we got the super bowl uh coming up and um I'm I'm excited for that game even though it doesn't have our team in it i'm rooting for the rams obviously uh, but looking forward to getting into these linebackers. I've already kind of gotten a preview uh, from looking at some of these other players. Um, so definitely excited to, to see what these guys can do. And there's a long list. 
I think linebacker is going to be a pretty strong group um, this year, just from the names I've seen and, and some of the things they've done. Um, a guy I haven't even watched yet other than senior bowl stuff is uh, Chad Muma from Wyoming. And, and he, uh, he's, you know, he stands out up there and um, athletic is all get out. He has more weight on him than, than a guy like Channing Tindall, but he, he might be running, you know, as fast as him at 20 pounds lighter. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one for me. And then obviously my dogs, there's three linebackers, um, you know, Nicobe Dean, Channing Tindall and Quay Walker. Walker is my second favorite out of the bunch and he's not getting much buzz. So uh, definitely going to have to hit on some of those guys. He, he's a, uh, uh, you know, Moomin, man, he, he's a guy that like, I really like, I really like, he, he's a guy who can, I think can make a lot of money at the combine, you know, depending on what he runs at, you know, in the 40 and then the short cone or short cone drills, see how strong he is on the bench press. He's a guy who can, who I think can make a lot of money. Uh, Vic. Yeah. So, you know, Super Bowl next week as well. Our theme this show was like, who has risen and who has fallen. But next, next week, I'll definitely be talking about Diego from army. That, you know, no, I was seeing some stuff about him that he, his last name. <laughs> <laughs> it's French, man. It's French. It's French, man. Yeah, pronounce, pronounce it French. Put you on the spot. What's his last name? <laughs> I, think, I think it's Fago. Hey, hey, it's Fago. He's from Navy. Yeah, he's yeah. from Navy. Okay. <laughs> you know, he played great. He was, he was the MVP uh, of the defense. So, Look, if you looked at his name before, nobody had him. He only had – everybody had him not even making it to the league. So, after that performance, there's definitely a buzz after him, and I'll definitely talk about him and the other kid, Demarco Jackson, too, that played great at the senior bowl. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he did. He, did. Definitely. he was he was showing some leadership out there as well. Yeah, and the, all these cats are, are team captains, and you know how the Ravens are. They love team captains. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Uh, everybody check me out on Twitter, um, Deep Cup of Pod. We just dropped a, a new episode uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, it was um, good. We appreciate that. And, um, uh, you know, I, I want to give some the people some homework that are listening. Mm-hmm. I want people to watch uh, Dylan Parham, who was playing center down at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was one of the best, the most consistent linemen there. Uh, he's, he's an undersized right tackle. Put on some weight. He's three three thirteen. He weighed in at the Senior Bowl, and in my opinion, he held his own uh, down at the Senior Bowl, and he looked great. Uh, he's a guy that I thought coming into it could play. I mean, you could keep him at right tackle, you know, because I, I saw it in um, in Patrick Ricard, uh, Patrick uh, McCary, where I was like, look, this dude has the feet to play to play tackle. He has the understanding of angles. He knows how to shield off defenders. Um, and I think Dylan Parham can play right tackle too, uh, but he just he they just stuck him at at center, and I mean he blew my expectations out the water, and I already thought a lot about him. So look him up, and also another center uh, from Kentucky, Luke Fortner. Uh, those yeah. two guys, I, I felt like they were the most consistent guys as far as the center position, and and they look they look really really well. So uh, give give some homework to the people that are that are listening. I like Luke. I like Luke, coach. Uh, yeah, uh, we got a Super Bowl coming up. You guys kind of alluded to it. Yeah, uh, go Rams. You know, <laughs> I'm also <laughs> I'm also a, a, a big OBJ guy. So uh, I, I like I like OBJ. Uh, I wasn't one of those guys that hate that was saying that he was washed because uh, I knew he still had some fight left into him. So um, yeah, but the linebacker, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, partly because of there's a, there's some sleepers out in the SEC West. That's, that's being overshadowed by what's going on in uh, Georgia Bulldog country. So they kind of look at the N'Kobe Deans and the Tendals and forget about everybody else in the conference. Uh, to, you know, the one that I like at LSU is uh, Damone. i got to get his last name. But uh, he's Clark? six. Yeah, Clark? Damone Clark. Yeah. yeah so Damone he's six, three, six, three, eight. Look, I, trust me. Look, this guy is, is, is everything you need. He got injured. He's everything you need when it comes down to coverage, being able to go sack the quarterback, and he does, you don't have to command him to do it. He kind of feeds off what the plays are, and he's just going to make it happen. So I'm, I'm really excited, and uh, I can't wait till next week. 
Man, Darian Beavers is my guy, man. I can't wait to talk about Darian Beavers. He was he was showing a lot in the senior bowl, um, senior bowl week. Darian Beavers, he he pretty much confirmed everything I had saw on tape with him, and so it was exciting to see see that with him. Uh, he's a guy who, uh, you, if you like the mock drafts, a lot of mocks had him have him uh, mock to the Ravens in some later rounds. So Darian Beavers is a guy. Super Bowl. Since you guys mentioned the Super Bowl, man, I got to get your picks. I need I need a score. Let's get these picks and then we can get out of here. Uh, Vic, I'm gonna let you kick it off. Who you got? What's your score? Now, who's house? Rams house. I got Rams <laughs> going 28-25. Phil go wins the game. 28-25. Okay. Uh Jake. Yeah, Rams for me, I will go 31 to 26. Okay. Okay. Chris. I'm gonna go Rams 50 to 0. <laughs> so that mean that mean they gonna lose now, huh? That mean they gonna lose now that you didn't predict it. <laughs> I days. hope not, man. I hope not. Coach, uh, yeah. So I'm going Rams thirty to twenty. Okay, yeah. It's just, it's a clean sweep. I'm going Rams, uh, twenty seven seventeen. Man, I just, I mean, you playing at home. You know, uh, I'm excited about the matchups within the matchups. You know, Jalen Ramsey matched up with Jamal Chase. That's going to be, you know, that's just that's that's worth the price of admission right there. You know, and then let's not forget Cincinnati gave up nine sacks against Tennessee, and then now you got to see Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller and those guys hyped up, knowing that if they just win this game, they Super Bowl champs. That's a lot because you know it's one thing for those old older guys to have to get up for a regular season game, knowing you got 10 left, right? When it's the Super Bowl, this is it. This is it. You win this, you're a champion forever. So, um, and I know Aaron Donald's been hungry to get one since they lost to the Patriots the first time. Um, so, yeah, to me, I think Rams will take it. Um, I'm very concerned, though. You know, Matt Stafford is prone to, to throw some picks, you know, uh, when he's pressured. So, we'll see how that that that's able to work. Um I just, I just, I don't know, man. Cincinnati's secondary with Eli Apple and those guys against, you know, the Triple Crown winner and Cooper Cup, and and you got uh, OBJ, and I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's a, it's a tough task. Uh, I think turnovers uh, will make a play a major part in this game. You know, whoever turns the ball over the least, I mean, that's typical, right? But mm -hmm. uh, the Rams, man. Um, you know, the running back, he, he can put the ball on the ground sometimes. We saw that in the playoffs. So, it's going, you know, ball security is going to be important in this game. You know, Cincinnati is going to be trying to poke at the ball, trying to get it out. And I'm, I want to see how Joe Burrow is going to play uh, on the biggest stage. You know, this this is the biggest stage of his career. You know, he played in the national championship. But to me, that that pales in comparison to the Super Bowl. I mean, this is a, it's a Super Bowl. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it don't get no bigger than that. But uh, man, again, we want to thank everybody out there for, uh, for rocking with sports, uh, sports freak podcast, sports freak university. Um, you know, we're gonna continue bringing you guys hot content, giving you good information, solid stuff. So you don't wait when you watch the the draft, you can watch like a pro and know about the guys that your team may be fielding in, uh, next year in September. Um, so with that being said, man, we out.